In Shakespeare's play Henry V, there is a stirring speech given by King Henry on the evening of the decisive Battle of Agincourt against the French in 1415. The English were severely outnumbered, but despite this, King Henry urges his men on to victory. It's a stunning speech, and his speech is often referred to as the St Crispin's Day speech because the battle was to occur the next day on St Crispin's feast day, which was a holy day in England. The passionate speech of the king helps the English army to victory against all the odds. A similar sense of a momentous and historic occasion is felt if we read a little before what we hear today in the Gospel of St John. Jesus has just foretold his betrayal and says that the one to whom he gives the morsel of bread that he has dipped is the one who will betray him. He gives the morsel of bread to Judas and Satan entered into Judas. And Judas leaves and it was night. After Judas has gone, Jesus says the words we hear in the Gospel. Something dire is about to happen. Something we know will change the history of the world. And yet Christ speaks encouragingly to the eleven who remain. What is about to happen, although happening with the work of the evil one in Judas, will be to the glory of God and the glorification of Christ himself. Judas has left. He has abandoned his place among the apostles. What must the heart of Jesus felt? Yet he speaks of being glorified, and the Father being glorified. Glorified through what? Precisely through betrayal, suffering, and death. It is precisely when Christ consents to his suffering at the hands of evil men that he shows us the dimensions of God's love for the world. But there is something more as well. For even while Christ is yet on the very cross, even in that utter degradation and suffering, his glory will appear. For the sun was darkened, the veil of the temple was torn in two, the earth shook and rocks were split asunder, and graves opened, and many bodies of those that had died arose. He then goes on to say what could be styled as his parting words before his passion begins. He gives a new commandment, that those who follow him must love each other in just the same way that he has loved us. Yes, Christianity is a religion of love. The Torah, the law of Moses, the Jewish law, commanded human love for oneself and one's neighbour in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. Jesus places on top of that, if you like, a commandment to divine love for one another 
that is modelled on his own acts of charity and generosity. This is supernatural love that comes not from us, but from the Holy Spirit. So it's a high measure. It's not being nice, but being loving to the point of sacrifice and suffering. The mention of glory now takes our attention to the second reading from the book of the Apocalypse. What is this new Jerusalem? It is the heavenly city whose builder and maker is God. It touches down to earth so that the worshipping church on earth can join in the heavenly liturgy of the angels and saints who never cease to praise the Lord and the Lamb. The experience of being in this heavenly city is that God dwells with his people, not as a visitor and certainly not someone who is disinterested. Every tear is wiped away and death is eliminated. At the end of time, at Christ's second coming to judge the world, the kingdom of God will come in its fullness. After the judgment of all peoples, the friends of God, the righteous, will reign forever with Christ, glorified in body and soul. The universe will be renewed, the church herself will be perfected. The book of Apocalypse calls this mysterious renewal of humanity and the world a new heaven and a new earth. Everything that God wanted for humanity and the world right back at the beginning but which the human race wrecked, will be realised under the headship of Christ. For humanity, this will be the final realisation of the unity of the human race, because the community of the redeemed in heaven will have no wounds inflicted on it by sin and by self-love. Rather, humanity will experience in full the happiness, peace and mutual communion that is God himself. For the cosmos and the visible universe, it will mean a restoration to its original state as at the moment of creation. We do not know the moment when all this will happen, nor the exact way in which the universe will be transformed. But what we do know is that God is preparing this to happen. And when it does happen, though with something like the pain and suffering of birth pangs before it, we will experience an existence where righteousness dwells and happiness will fill and surpass the desires arising in the human heart. In this present existence, we have a partial perception of that glorious existence because the church is the place where God dwells among his people in the here and now. And the church is the home of all who accept faith in Christ Jesus and are baptised. Let us thank God that we are among those. Laudato Jesus Christus.